Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast to ensure you get the most out of our current series, On the Table. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to week two of the If I Had More Time podcast. We just got to hear Eric record the online sermon for this week's sermon, uh, Is There Only One Way to God? Um, I love how this sermon just started. I hope each of you have already listened to the message. If not, go on back and have a listen. But um, he started out this sermon talking about some critical conversations in your story Mm -hmm. where you remember a person talking yeah. to you about this. Like, totally. I mean, they were, I loved those stories. Tell us a little bit more about those. So Miss Daigle, who is my sociology professor, if I had more time, I would have said <laughs> the rest of the story. So she was so nice when she invited me into her office to, you know, to talk as I was complimenting her. Cause she, she really is, is an awesome professor, was an awesome professor. Um, you know, I, I start taking the conversation to Jesus cause I was this new fired up, you know, young Christian but I was stumped by what she said. And then the next class, she walked in and she had like her teaching plans, like the, you know, like a stack. She jams it, like throws it on the desk, stands right, walks over to where my desk is. Like there's like four rows and I was like the far left. But I sat in the front. I loved the class. She walked all the way over and stood in front of it and said, she didn't point at me, but it was kind of clear it was to me. Don't try to save my soul don't try to rescue me. Dang. Uh, uh, um, like there was some pent up stuff that didn't come out in the office that that came out in that in that meeting, and and then she went on to to say how anyone's belief of God is socially constructed because this was a sociology class, and and therefore it's bigoted to to have a view that any anyone religion is right because they're all socially constructed was her whole was her whole bit. And I was, I mean, guys, I'm new. I'm new to the faith at this point. Yeah. And it was uh, disorienting for me, and it did cause me to, which challenges are good for us in this way, yeah. cause you to ask yourself deep questions, search the scripture, really pray, see what you believe. You yeah, know. yeah. If you were super honest, what did it cause fear in you? Like next time you went to do that with, <laughs> with a person to share or or to make such, I mean, uh-huh. to hold to that conviction. Yep. Um, it definitely confronted me with, if you want to go with the fear, you can, because it'd be like the fear of man, you yeah, know, fear right. of being called, um, like I, who wakes up in the morning saying today I want to be a bigot <laughs> today. I want to be narrow, you know, John, do you, JT? Depends on the day and the season, yeah, yeah. but most of the time. So, it, but, but realizing Here's the beautiful thing, though. It really caused me to no. I, it's actually because my, because my faith is true, right? And I really did approach both Jason and Miss Daigle with a loving heart. Yeah, I love both those people. It wasn't bigoted. It was kind. If you believe this is true, yeah. If it's not true, of course it's not kind. Yeah. But if it's true. It's really, really kind. I remember the um, atheist uh, pen. Is it pen Gillette? Pen. Yeah, 
Yeah, the magician. The magician, yeah. and then is it, what is it? The pin and teller show. Pin and teller, yeah. But Pin Gillette is right. the guy with the long hair. Yeah. Um, if you just go to YouTube and and YouTube mm-hmm. uh, Pin Gillette evangelism or Pin Gillette conversion story, he he, he tells. Did convert? No, 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 oh, okay. no. But he, but a guy tried to share the he gospel. He gives a yeah, perspective yeah. though of what he oh, thinks of those. Maybe, maybe look up a Bible because somebody yeah. hands him a Bible. That's right. Yes. So he he's doing. He has like the his phone turned around, and he's saying, "Man, this guy came up to me after a show and he handed me a Bible, and I could tell he was a good guy. He looked him in the eyes. He's a good guy. So it, you could t- you could see right there that the guy was confident. He looks he looked him in the eyes." Was kind, looked him in the eye, so basically treated Pendulette with respect, and he said, I-, "I just wanted you to have this. It's it's a Bible. I guess I'm kind of prophesizing." And so then Pendulette, atheist dude, says, "You know, I've never said not to prophesize. If you believe this, how much do you have to hate someone right. not to tell them?" That's what he said. He said, "At some point, if a car is barreling down on me on a on a street, at some point." If someone loves me, they push me out of the way. Yeah. If you really believe that Jesus is the only way, how much do you have to hate someone not to tell them? It's crazy. Wow. It's that, that's an atheist saying that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's preachers. Right. Yeah. right. Who Who else? I mean, this is for both of you guys on this. By topic. the way, John Thomas is back. He made the cut for week <laughs> here, y'all. Oh, yeah. He made it for week two. I'm here. We Come got on. John Thomas. Long, <laughs> I'm so thankful. Also known as Lawn John. Lawn yes. John. Let's just settle that right now. Not because Long there's John, a, there's but a Lawn. Is it Lawn John? Is it Long John? No, it's it is, Lawn. It is Long. I mean, I'm tall, but it's Lawn. It's Lawn John. He, he, he hosts right the, he's not only a discipleship pastor at Mariner's Irvine, ladies it. and gentlemen, That's but right. he also is the host, the pastoral host at the lawn venue outside. That's an incredible space to be, too, every weekend. Eric's dressed for the lawn right now. If you could see him, he's all <laughs> nestled in. He's hogging the couch. He's hogging the it's pillow. And he's got a giant peacoat jacket <laughs> on. freezing What in is this going room. on, man? He's, oh he's converted completely Southern California now. But this is a great conversation, right? And we've all have had those experiences. I've had those experiences yeah. in the past. Um, we have sometimes the advantage, or you might say sometimes the disadvantage of the what do you do for work question when that comes right. up. Mm. And like you, you know, we intentionally place ourselves in relationships and in conversations around people that would not call themselves Christians because that's good for us. It's good for our soul. It refines so our beliefs. And and that conversation comes up. And I've, I've, I've sat across like you have in that conversation where you're met with, oh, but you're such a good person. Like, right. I'm surprised really su- you would believe really this. That really surprises me. And, right. and that thing that we had and that offer maybe that I had, then it gets re- rejected and, right. and it causes us to grow in our faith. I think yeah. God puts us in those things for a great thing. But yeah. what's behind that response? Sometimes it's a visceral, um, It's people are putting things together about maybe the mm-hmm. cultural implications of what they think Christianity is. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an intellectual argument, but there's something deeper behind that rejection of the what we would say is the radically inclusive but exclusive claim of Jesus. Right. And I think it's different for every every person. Yeah, often, I think people but, would have a different wrestle. Yeah. Um, intellectually, it would feel, wow, you were you were saying that your faith is the only way. That seems kind of kind of prideful. Yeah. But really, when you step back and look at it, to say, no, they're all the same is actually even more prideful mm. <laughs> because you're saying I have I have knowledge over all of them. I, I actually know all of them, and I even know them better than any of the the proponents of any of them that know mm-hmm. their own faith, yeah. uh, which is what I was trying to, you know, make the case yeah. in the... It really comes down to 
your belief of Jesus. So if Jesus is not resurrected from the dead, then even the Bible is raw and honest that of course, this go, is this, go home. Basically, go, this that's is, my translation. Yeah, go home. <laughs> Eat, drink, and be merry is what it actually says. But if you want to go, go home. You can go, <laughs> yeah. go home. Yeah. Uh, if Jesus is not resurrected from the dead, then all of this is in vain. Right. But if he is resurrected from the dead, which we believe he is, I, I have these conversations with my daughters all the time. Then you really do need to look at John fourteen one through seven, which we did in in the message. Uh, the the Jewish faith would say that Jesus did not resurrect from the dead. Mm-hmm. The Muslim faith, there are some that believe he was carried away as a good prophet in heaven. Some Muslims, other Muslims believe that um, he, he only swooned, yeah, didn't faint, actually fainted, die, yeah. fainted on the cross, didn't actually die, mm-hmm. and then later died a normal death. Um, but both have in common that he didn't resurrect from the dead. Yeah. Muslims, that he didn't even die because he's a good prophet, why would he die? So what makes the Christian faith both inclusive and exclusive is that he died a sacrificial death and then rose from the dead. Right. And the reason that's both inclusive and exclusive is his sacrificial death will cover your sin. Mm-hmm. Yours, all of it, whatever it is you've done, you're invited. And simultaneously makes the Christian faith exclusive because no other religious leader walked out of a tomb. Confucius buried Muhammad, buried Buddha, buried right. they're all they're all dead. Right. And Jesus is alive. Right. So and if that's true, that's right. Then then you have to listen to the claims of Jesus. The claims and his teachings and even his posture of his teachings where many other world religious teachers would say, Don't look at me. You know, look at God. Don't don't follow me. Look towards something else. I mean Jesus time and time again. If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. I and the Father are one. I am the way. I am yes. the truth. I am the life. In a very real way, he pointed to yeah. himself. You know, the conversations that he had of what, what's easier for me to do, to say, rise up and walk, or your sins are forgiven. Yeah. And that's that's not something that common right. teacher or moral leader says. Totally. Right. C.S. Lewis said of, um, of those kinds of claims that the Christian faith can be of no importance, mm-hmm or of supreme importance, but it can't be moderately important. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if Jesus, because of who he is, he's either gonna be of no importance to you, because you don't believe him, of supreme importance, because you believe he's the risen savior, but he can't be moderately important. Like, it, it, it can't be, He's away or yeah. halfway. Yeah, you know, it's either exactly. it's either I don't believe him at all. He's crazy, or he's the resurrected king mm-hmm. and he's of supreme importance. Yeah. Intellectually, it doesn't make sense that he would just be away, moderately important. He's either of no importance or of supreme importance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned C.S. Lewis, and you also share a quote from him in your sermon yes. as well. Who else has been really formative for you on this topic or what resources, yeah. what books, sermons, things like that have been super helpful for you guys? Yeah, I'll give two two further readings for this sermon would be C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. Um, just a great, great read. Um, even answer some of the questions that people have against the Christian faith, such yeah. as the problem of evil, 
Mm-hmm. He's got a, a great quote in there that really was eye-opening for me, that actually the fact that you recognize something as evil points to God. Mm. And, and he says, the only reason you know that, that, that there's a crooked line is because you've seen a straight line. Mm. So when you see something not working in the world or something off, and you're like, That's, it's not right, it's not right, it's only because you know there's a, there's a straight line. Yeah. You know? And so it's because you know that you were created for more, that there's something more. So C.S. Lewis, Lewis is mere Christianity. And then a more recent one, which I think is super enlightening and, and actually helped me realize that it's not humble to say all religions are the same, is mm. Tim Keller's Reason for God. Totally. So Reason so for good. God by Tim Keller. We'll probably link to those in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, that that book is very um, intellectually helpful, mm-hmm. but bolstered your, bolstered your faith. Oh, it's great! Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. You, you took you took two of mine for sure. There's <laughs> there's other you know evidence that demands a verdict is still a, still a great book. Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell. That's a great book. Um, the language of God by Francis. Collins, that's a that's a great book. He was the head of the Human Genome Project. I haven't read that. Yeah, he approaches it more from a science and reason, okay. but giving a case for who uh, the reality of who Jesus is. And what do you, what yeah. do you what's your go to on? Um, so if I had more time, yeah, on okay, someone right now is listening, yeah. and they are thinking, I, I actually agree that if Jesus resurrected from the dead, then then what he said is true. Yeah, or I have a friend who would admit. Yeah. Okay. If Jesus resur- if Jesus is risen, then this is true. What evidence do you utilize to point to the resurrection from the dead? I, I just had this conversation with uh, <laughs> with my my youngest daughter Evie. She's uh, finished reading a book on a Muslim who became a Christian, mm. and so we were talking about how you know Muslims don't believe that there was a sacrificial death, mm-hmm. and so then obviously not a resurrection from the dead. And and they would so think about this. The yeah. reason that the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith attack the resurrection so much is it's just it's logical. You would want to attack the resurrection if you don't want to be a Christian, because if the resurrection is true, then all of this is true. Yeah. So it really goes down so much to the resurrection. So a buddy, oh. a buddy's sitting with you at, at dinner or after a game. You yeah. guys are wa- finished watching TV to get whatever, and says, "Man." Apart from the apart from the Bible said so, right? How, why do you believe in the resurrection? Oh, it's so important. It's so important. I will say, there are things that we can supply. Rarely have I found somebody won just by the intellectual evidence. Mm-hmm. But it is a part of the process. It's yeah. more what you talked about the Zoe part of your life, giving it a testament to. Ultimately, who Jesus it's, is. it's God pulling you. But yeah, I, but, him pulling you, giving yeah. you the gift of grace to believe and receive all of that for sure. But I think there's things that we can look to. I mean, just a sure fact that if you survey the world's population, what is it? Two point three billion are professing Christians. That's one third of the world's population. Yes. If you look at the fact that Jesus appeared to not only his disciples but over three hundred people post his resurrection. Yes. If you look at the transformation of the disciples, yes. there's no way that yep. if All your friend raises from the dead, if that's not true, that you go on and live this incredible life of transformation in many of them to the point of their own crucifixion. Yes. Yeah. If you look at the expansion, the the growth of of the church in the middle of what we think we think sometimes culture right now is oppressive and restrictive to the flourishing of Christianity, come on, yeah. The time yeah. in which Jesus 
Dude, those answers, I'm impressed, bro. You knew yeah. those answers like we didn't, there was no prep. We were just hanging no, out, having no, a combo. No prep. Let me give a little language to those answers because I think every one of those is right. Yeah. Uh, and those are the ones I use. So if you just want to write these down or you know have, have some sticky words to what JT yeah. said, which everything he said is true. Okay, you got eyewitness accounts. Right. So in fact, the the myth that the resurrection was talked about by Christians hundreds of years after Jesus mm-hmm. walked is not true. The the writings such as Philippians and First Corinthians are dated within decades of Jesus living. Mm-hmm. And so in First Corinthians 15, when Paul talks about appearing to 500 of the brothers, many of who are still living. That's right. Go talk to them. Exactly. They're right here. He's, he's, he's actually saying, you can go talk to mm-hmm. them. So it wasn't as if that was written when all of the eyewitnesses had died. Eyewitnesses were still around, and there's a document being circulated among Christians, which is in our Bible now, Mm -hmm. the book of Corinthians, where the Apostle Paul is saying he appeared after his death Mm -hmm. to people that you can go talk to. Mm -hmm. All right, so you have eyewitness accounts. Two, there is no body Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, there's, I went to Israel recently. There's multiple tombs. There's two main ones that people think Jesus was buried in. They have one thing in common. There was no body empty. in there. <laughs> They're yeah. both empty. Yeah. They're both empty. And and think about it. The, the, um, the religious leaders who crucified Jesus, it would be terrifying of them to not have a body. They mm-hmm. wanted, they, they guarded, That's right. they guarded the tomb because they wanted a body. Um, you mentioned the disciples. So Blaise Pascal, a famous mathematician, mm-hmm. says, I believe those witnesses that get their throats cut. Mm. <laughs> I've heard a few Blaise Pascal quotes. I've not heard that one. That's a killer one. Wow. I believe those witnesses who get their throats cut. So you have <laughs> all of the disciples who all they have to do to not be killed is say, I made this up. Any of them could have said, I made this up and they'd have lived. Yeah. And every single one of them to a brutal death holds on um, Chuck Colson, who was arrested with Watergate, says that's how he knew the Christian faith was real because he said we were in prison with, for water, with Watergate and there was like 12 of us. Mm-hmm. And within hours, we were all changing our stories, ratting each other out. He said you have, you have 11 people, because not, not counting Judas, who never changed their story be, that Jesus is alive. I believe mm-hmm. those witnesses who get their throats cut. So you have eyewitness account. I- yeah. Empty tomb, um, the the testimony of the of the disciples, and then you mentioned basically the spread of an entire new worldview. Yeah. Yep. So there was no understanding of resurrection from the dead until Jesus is resurrected from the dead. So you have a whole new worldview, and typically, um, Tim Keller says this in Reason for God, worldviews take a long time to That's develop. Right. It just happens so fast. So there is evidence even outside of the scripture that points to Jesus rising from the dead. Amazing. Yeah. And in the next week, we're going to talk about does Christianity oppress women, minorities, and other. And you look at to that point as well, that the first witnesses, the first eyewitnesses to Jesus' resurrection were women whose testimony was not even valid in court. That's right. Like if you're going to write a story, yeah. you don't have what you picked the wrong characters. This is not who you pick. <laughs> yeah. This is not the career runs with. And this is not so you, who you pick to say. JT's trying to, trying to say some stuff for next week since he's not in the podcast next <laughs> week. He's trying, to, cut he's trying to get in there. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I, I love it. And I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about 
when I think about even the scripture that you teach on, um, you know, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. The only way to the Father is through him. I I spent some time in India when I was in college, and I was sharing the gospel with this girl who was super stoked about Jesus. And then when I got to that, she was like, "Hold on, there's only one." Like she she yes. couldn't she couldn't process that one. But for me, is it because when, the number of gods in that culture? Absolutely. Yeah. She Jesus. She was excited to put him on the shelf among all of the others. Yes. And but for me, when I think about like what what it is that convinces me that this is true was meeting the Christians in a place where they literally their lives are in danger yes. right. for yeah. for following Jesus and believing this. You know, like your faith it can't help but just be bolstered and yeah. just confirmed whenever you're mm-hmm. around them. I love that. Um, what about this? I mean, there's so many so many things that are difficult, so many things right. that would be challenging in this conversation and really encouraging. Um, what do you think people are most often going to wrestle with with this topic coming from this this message? Well, I think it's probably a few different things, but the one that sticks out right away is where we're going actually at week eight of this series. So what about those yes. who don't say yes? Yeah. Who maybe intellectually maybe check, this, check the same box Okay, I, I understand your argument and your reasoning. That's that sounds great, but I still don't want to submit or make him the Lord of my life. Right, right. What happens to people that reject? Yes, and we're going to have that conversation about you know you know hell. I think that's a, that's a question that comes up. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot attached to to mm-hmm. to the, that flows out of this. So if Jesus is the only way, mm-hmm. and we we believe he is because he's the resurrected Savior who insists he's the only way, and that it's actually gracious because the other ways won't give you real life. Only he will give you life. Um, but if he's the only way, what about people who reject him, right? And then what about those who never hear about him? Yeah. Th- that question comes up. There's totally. there's a there's a bunch of derivative questions right. beneath this question that 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 are valid questions to that people wrestle with. I'm, so you're not hearing me say just have faith. I mean, those are really. Mm-hmm. I've spent years wrestling. Um, with the hell and what happens to other people who never hear about Jesus, right? Um, and at the, while at the same time not losing a sense of awe and wonder that, wow, he has invited us and he really is the resurrected one. And and his message is so different from the climb the ladder, you can get your way mm-hmm. to God and I think if you want to intellectually talk about that approach, whether that's a Muslim approach or just a, a good moral religious American approach, that is ultimate pride mm-hmm. to think you could get to God in your own goodness. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We've all we've all fallen way short of even our own standards. Even if you don't believe in that God has a standard, how we're ha- we're halfway through January. How many of your resolutions have you kept? Are you asking me straight up? No, yeah. let's, let's, we got time for that right now. How are we doing so far? So I'm saying we, we don't even keep our own standards. So how we can't keep our own commitments. How are we going to climb our way to God? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God He came here for us. That's Thank right. God. I'm it's, a good. How, I'm a good person, right? How how good is enough? Whose standard of goodness are we measuring that by? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What it's do you good. wrestle with, Liz, from this from this message? Oh gosh, um, yeah, I do. I think of the people that aren't bought in. That aren't that don't trust it. Yeah. So, um, I for me, it was at a pretty young age when I started following Jesus. I was pretty convinced, and I started to just do some digging on my own in the scriptures for it. And um, 
I, I I guess I call it the gift of faith, but I personally mm. haven't wrestled with it all that much. Yeah. It's what I think about is that friend that I shared with in India or the friend in college and the friend across the country that I know still just doesn't doesn't quite understand how it can just be one one way. Right. So um I feel a heaviness on this topic, you know, but yeah. that's I, I love weekends like this at Mariners where we get to see yeah. so many people put their faith and trust in Jesus. It's I love it. so it's beautiful. beautiful. You know, I, if you really divided thinking about God into two groups, you would say, well, we talked about it a bit in the message. There's the ladder and the door. So the all the other world religions and even a moralistic, I'm a good person approach is I'm going to climb my way to God. And then the message of Jesus is just so much more beautiful and glorious oh and true. Yeah, he's not saying I'm I'm giving you the instructions on how to climb, or I'm I'm even showing you how to climb, or I'm coaching you on your climb, mm. or I'm gonna encourage you on your climb, or yell at you on your climb, or give you lessons for your climb. But I am the way. Yeah. You, just come to me. Just come to me. Yeah. It's such a beautiful message. I'm actually going to reach down. Yes, I'm coming all the way for you. Yeah, yeah right. I stand it's at the so door good. and knock. Yeah. yeah. Whoever opens the door, I will come it's in and so be good. with him. I mean, it's, that's it's so the posture. Um, but often it's not I – mean, there's an intellectual barrier, but it's a little bit of the barrier we talked about last week too, the question of authority. Yeah, that's right. Of who do I place the authority over my life? Is it myself? Yeah. Is it – my pluralism? Is it my syncretism? I grab a little bit of this and that from everywhere and everything's okay and fine. Or is there actually an ultimate truth who has the authority of my life? Yeah. Who knows me and who has good things for me? Mm -hmm. Who yeah. doesn't want to, you know, rule me in a way that's not good for my own benefit and for the benefit of others, but who has great things for you? Mm -hmm. That's the question that we that we wrestle with. Not just intellectual, but in practice, is this what he has for me? Is this, is this good and right for me? That's yeah. Right. yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again for yes. week two. This is John Thomas will be signing off after this one. So you can we'll see him on the lawn. Yeah. See me on the lawn. See him on the lawn. I'll be go, out there. Go give him a hug. Say, man, you 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 are you got three hats, man. You are a discipleship pastor. I love the hats. Lawn John. All the hats. Podcast. They're extraordinaire. That's it. Man. That's what you do, man. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast, hosted by Mariners Church. We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.